Nations for what it. You're listening to Talking Rugby with me, Matt Burke. G'day, I'm Matt Burke and welcome to 10 Speaks Podcast, Talking Rugby. Well, the Rugby World Cup is here. It's finally kicked off in Japan. What a massive first week it has been from the opening ceremony to the Wallabies winning their first pool match against Fiji. And I hope you managed to catch all the action on Network 10. Now, I mentioned we'd have access to the Wallabies during the World Cup campaign. And today, uh, my guests I met as a schoolboy prodigy. He stands at 173 centimetres tall and weighs in at 84 kilos. But if you look at the match day program, it'll say 182 centimetres and 89 <laughs> kegs. He's played for Montpellier in France and the Exeter Chiefs in the English Premiership. And today I'm talking rugby with Wallabies halfback Nick White. Whitey, great to have you along. Yeah, definitely not uh, 84, 89 kilos, but yeah, that's what I write down mate, the program. You, 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 always, you always look at the program, you always look at that bloke and think, mate, he's not that big. You, there's always a couple more centimetres and a couple more kilos. Yeah, and I can tell you the big boys as well, they're not going to fuel off. They're probably a little bit heavier. <laughs> they, do the, they do the other. They go the other way, they yeah. go down. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, uh, I remember we had a guy called Mark Bell who played Wallabies and was skinfold early, early days. Everyone... All the, all the blokes that were slick were always you know, saying, you know, my skin folds are 43, 52, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it got to him, and he was a, it was a bit on the chub side. Sorry, <laughs> Belly. And he, and he came out and said, yeah, I'm 113. And was like, and we had the, as we had the team meeting, was stretching. Our coach at the time, Chris Hawkins, walked around and he goes, and you, Belly, 155. And so we're like, you can't keep anything secret. So yeah. I was like, we're, we're on straight away. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I've got to start. I've got to start with the moustache. The moustache. Yeah. How good? Why? How long? How long does it take you to grow it? What's going on there? Um, I don't know. I, for some reason, I've, I've always had this, like, once I could grow a beard, I started growing the beard early on, and then I, every now and then I'd, I'd kind of get the tash going. And um, the last couple of years, uh, you know, I've just... I think it was this time last year. Yeah, I think it's over a year now I've had this one. Wow. Um, and it was uh, Peaky Blinders. Yes. And uh, I had a bit of a dress-up party for that. And, um, yeah, I did it. And I was like, oh, I actually look all right. <laughs> you keep <laughs> you know? this. Yeah. So, I, you know, I got the permission from the missus and, uh, yeah. I, I was going to say, the permission from the missus is obviously very much uh, uh, first and foremost. Yeah. Permission from the team. Happy, happy for the facial hair. I think so. Do I think the boys like it, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's something different. I'm, I'm trying to get a few boys come along for the ride with me. Well, Bernie Foley's there. Yeah. Uh, Hoops was growing a, you know, I don't know if you'd call it a, a tash, but he was attempting it with his, <laughs> you know, bit of, bit of blonde hair on the top lip. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, it might be just, um, you know. I don't know, the missus actually wants me to go to the handlebars. Oh, really? Yeah, so I don't know if it's her ploy just to make me look. Kind of jovial, just taking the mickey, but she doesn't like me looking too serious. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's that's the look. Is it? Uh, it's the serious look you're going for. It's going. It's going to be around for a while. Is it going to be? Is it going to stay on for the duration of the tournament, or oh, is it definitely? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll. Uh, I've got a bit of wax. Once that curly, who knows? Well, what what I'm hearing uh, the boys in Exeter gave you a, a nickname as well. Yeah. Talk yep. to me. Uh, the Wing Commander. Wing Commander White. <laughs> the Wing Commander White. Yeah. Because they're very much old school. Yeah, I, I, I curled it up for a game and uh, yeah, I saw that after a few people had yeah, given me that one. So yeah, like I said, it's, uh, I think I suit it. Maybe I don't, but I think I do. <laughs> do you know what? You just run with it. If, yeah. if, you, if you think it's okay and yeah. your missus gives it the nod, yeah. mate, keep running with it. Um, what about the parents? Uh, you know, you, 
grew up in Scone. You went to St Greg's Campbelltown, which was, I suppose, in somewhat way when you were there, quite rural uh, as well. Um, what was that like growing up in the in the one in the country, then two moving to that sort of that school? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, I grew up growing up in Scone was awesome. Like I, I was a pretty busy kid, and I had plenty of space. So um, yeah, you know, I just you know, I was just kind of growing up in Scone, a small country town. You, you know, you don't really. Um, yeah, mum and dad never, never worried too much as long as I was home by the time the street lights came on at about you know seven eight o'clock at night they, they were all good so um, yeah, I had a very busy childhood there and then got the chance to go to St Craig's um, my cousins were going there um, and have been going there um, in their family for, for agricultural uh-huh. you know my my intermediate family is not not farmers but they're in the the bloodline and then I just kind of got um, sent along because uh, you know I just I was, I was into so much sport that they kind of said maybe boarding school is the way to go so you can concentrate on schooling and sport. Um, so, you know, um, they said, do you want to go to, to, to boarding school with your cousins that are going there? And I said, oh, I'd love to. And, um, you know, it, it's honestly the, the greatest thing that's happened to me and for my rugby, um, but also for, for me as a person. Um, you know, I felt like I really found myself at boarding school. Um, you know, and, you know, there's some of the, you know, the, the best years of my life there. Um, boarding, um, so that kind of opened up the doors to my rugby. I was going like, probably some people kind of think when you when you're a wallaby, like yeah, oh, you've just been good since you were. You know, I know you're born or you know coming up. Well, I, um, that, that's that's it. Were, were you destined to wear green and gold, or was it a struggle? Because um, cause St Greg's Campbelltown is known for its rugby league. Rugby team. league, yeah. So I'd, I'd I'd really not made any rep teams even before I got to Greg's. Um, you know, I'd, I played on the wing growing up and. Um, I ended up moving into nine as I went down to Greg's just because I was the smallest. They said, you should play nine. I was like, right. I'll give it a go. Um, and, you know, I was, I was just lucky that, um, you know, I played more league at St Greg's and then, you know, made a couple of like, the, the Catholics uh, CCC. Um, you know, made that team in, in under-16s and, and that was it. And then year 11, got a little bit more confidence. And I, I think I was just lucky that I'm Finnegan came along to watch the game because he knew Matt Brennan who yep. and this bloke Matt Brennan he really kind of I owe him a lot um, he kind of shaped a lot of yeah a lot of my, my rugby career so he was your first 15 coach while yeah you first 15 coach at St Greg's and um, you know kind of taught me a lot about the game again I, I, I knew a little bit but <laughs> not much mm. and, um, and and he knew that I guess he, he saw something there and 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 knew Owen Finnegan and said to, to Owen, maybe you should come and give this guy a look. And I was actually playing a game at school against um, Hill Sports, against Big Will Skelton. Yeah. And uh, I think Owen just saw this little kind of crazy kid that was just throwing himself, you know, at, at blokes, you know, 30, 40, 50 kilos heavier. And um, Owen said to me, mate, do you want to come down to Canberra and just, just give the academy a go? And, you know, I was going down there six string. And, yep. um, you know, I had, I'd, you know, I played... New South Wales schools twos, and that was it. I'd, I'd and I was on the bench and played all about four minutes in that, <laughs> in that national chance the year before. So I hadn't really made any rep teams, but um, you know, I went down to Canberra, and one thing Owen said to me, and Stephen Halls had spoke to me before I went down there, said, "Come down, you'll really join a family and a, and a culture down there, and they'll look after you." And and I got that down there, and it was almost um, I got my opportunities by almost you know the, the saying, you know, you hang around a barber long enough, you'll get a haircut. That was me. I, I kind of 
I was their first point of call when any injuries would happen. They'd call out Whitey because they knew I wasn't doing much and I'd, I'd hold a pad on the wing or in the centres or wherever it was. Yeah, you do what you got to do. Do what i got to do. And, and I hung around there long enough that eventually I, I got a crack. And, um, yeah, that's that's my story of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so St. Greg's really, yeah, really kind of was the was was me going from, from nowhere quick to, to somewhere. Did you know the Wallabies when you were growing up? Did you know who they were and, and you know, the mystique of them and that kind of stuff? Oh, I loved the Wallabies, but I was, you know, I, yeah. Like, I, I always loved rugby. Um, that was, um, you know, I've got a funny story. Dad will hate this, but... <laughs> <laughs> I love, so my, my old boy, he, he's kind of, he played league and rugby, but he's, he's, he loves his league. And, uh, and I come home, and I was, it was, I think it was under 11s. I was in year five or six. Come home and said, Dad, I'll, I want to play footy. I played soccer up until that point. I said, yeah. Dad, I want to play. I want to play footy. And he, oh, the grin on his face. Yeah, mate. No worries. We get you into thoroughbreds. And they were the league team in Scone, the Scone thoroughbreds. And I was like, no, I'm, no, I'm going to play for, for the Muscle Healers. And he goes, who are that? Is that right? I was like, oh, no, my, my mates, they play for the Muscle Healers. And I didn't really know much of the difference between league and rugby there. But, sure. And he's like, that's the rugby team, mate. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm going to play rugby with the boys. That's it. Didn't talk to me for days, Mum said. <laughs> didn't talk to you. You could see his heart breaking. Yeah, at the just same heartbreaking. Time. I'm not going to go watch his bloody rugby, but uh, he's 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 full full rugby now, and so is the whole family. And I'd say there's a lot of a lot of league background there, but they're all well and truly rugby now. Are they here in Japan? Mum and Dad are. Yep, uh, they've followed me every step of the way of pretty much everything I've done. They were here ten years ago, and I was here for the under twenties. Yep. Junior World Cup, and uh, and they're here again. So, what about Japan? How's it been for your first taste? Knowing that, and we'll we'll talk about it in a second. You missed out on 2015. Uh, now is you know, your time to shine. How's Japan treating you? Well, it's been really good. Um, geez, the the people here are amazing. Quite incredible. So it is. Um, yeah, the, the way they look after you, they treat you, treat you like an absolute king here. Um, so, you know, feeling feeling the love from from the Japanese people and we felt that um, since first getting here in Ottawa and then um, that first game running out and seeing how many Aussies there are here, mm. it's just unreal. Mm. Um, you, know, you know, so we're feeling the love from the locals and, and we're feeling really, you know, unbelievably supported and, um, you know, that it's pretty special, mate. It let's, is. let's go to the first game then. You just, you, you prompted me into it and you mentioned before about young bloke, small bloke just diving in. Was it the case on the same on the weekend? Because from watching it from the sideline, that game looked brutal. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Um, you know, lining up to go out, I was kind of looking at the Fijian team. Holy dooly. <laughs> Some big boys. Could you stand um, side by side? Yeah, before you run out, you just stand, stand next to each other in the tunnel before kind of the cameras and, you know, the everyone on the field, the supporters kind of see us. So we're standing there and, mate, they're, they're giants. They're big, big boys. So we knew we knew they were going to be, be like that. Big guys, you know, the Fijians, you know, it was kind of just about, you know, putting your body on the line and weathering that storm early mm. on. Um, did we do it perfectly? No, we certainly didn't. We made it hard for ourselves. We know that. But we also knew that it was, it was going to be a bit like that. Like the, these blokes, they can kind of, you know, do some damage when they want to with their big bodies, and they did do it early on. Um, but, uh, but, but we knew that if we hung in there and hung in there, that, um, you know, we, we felt that we'd be the fitter side. and. Uh, eventually we we get our chances and we took them. Now the bonus point win sets you up nicely for the pool, but how how were the bodies afterwards? Because as I mentioned, the hits that 
I mean, some of those hits were, were great. There was a great shot of, of James O'Connor when he got thrown by a two-is-over. And, and it was like that slow-mo smile. And he, could sort of, he was looking up at the big screen. And no one uh, was jealous of him being out there. No one, as in, no one was envious of him doing that role because it was, it, it, it just looked tough. Yeah, that was. Yeah, they're some incredibly sore bodies. We're, we're, we're pretty lucky we had an eight-day turnaround and two days off to... to to kind of get over it but still today there's a few boys still a bit mm. ginger and we're you know we're, we're three days after that game so um yeah it, uh yeah it's it's what you what you love about rugby the physicality yeah. but yeah there is a it is a bit of a double-edged sword it, 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 you kind of hate it the next day but you know yeah. it's, it's, I, I don't know I, I probably shouldn't love it as much as what i do being bloody 80 kilos ringing wet but <laughs> i love that stuff I like 84 getting, yeah 84 so yeah. maybe 89 <laughs> on the game day program <laughs> <laughs> but that's why you play. Exactly, yeah. And uh, and to challenge yourself against those big boys. You know, we kind of um, spoke about it in, in kind of reviewing that game, just about, you know, like system-wise we looked pretty good and we got broken a few times. But mm. they are some of the most dynamic runners you're going to come ac- come across, you know what I mean? Like getting the ball to the edge and you've got Semi Radrader on one side and Josh Tussi over on the other and you're wow. like, sometimes there's just not a whole lot you can do. Like yeah. Yeah, but just like close your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Throw yourself um, at it, and then hope someone will clean up the mess. <laughs> That's exactly right. If if I uh, if I could uh, take you back nearly twenty years, that was Jonah for us. You know, mm-hmm. that was, and you just, and, and and we didn't. No, no one. It was three blokes to bring him down. You just yeah. sort of hope that his legs get caught up in you, and then you make the tackle. But you mentioned it. It, it is eighty minutes uh, on that game, and he came off after about sort of fifty. He looked filthy, I think, because it was tough for yeah. you out there. Um, you and, and Will are fighting for that nine spot. Are you, are you sort of in that role of uh, super subbing each other, if that's the case? You had a bit of a run on him this year. You played a couple of games starting. Um, is it going to be a, a, a role where you're floating, uh, starting, and then maybe coming off the bench, you reckon? Yeah, I think so. And I think what's, what's awesome about it is um, you, know, you look at the really good teams um, around for the last while now. They have a nine that plays the kind of first 50-60 and they have a guy to come on and get, bring that impact and bring the tempo. And you know, certainly the way that we want to play the game, um, you know, fast and furious, it's hard to do that for 80, almost impossible if you're doing it properly. Mm. So you know, the, the guy that starts, um, we know that that guy's going to go out there and do a number and, and you know, shoot out of the box and go as hard and fast and for as long as he can, and then that someone's going to come on and, and finish it off. So there's, there's two very clear roles in, in what those roles are and, and you know whoever starts and finishes um, but yeah you know it's it also you know it, it'll chop and change for sure and um, you know he'll start and I'll finish one week but you know like I said there's there's roles there and, and they're exciting in themselves Well that's the halftime whistle we'll take a quick break stay with us we're chatting with Wallaby's halfback Nick White see you soon Fearing the apocalypse? Brush up on your survival skills with every episode of Australian Survivor and the best of US Survivor on 10Play now. Welcome back to Talking Rugby with me, Matt Burke. Now we're in Tokyo chatting with Wallabies number nine, Nick White. Talk about the uh, the role that you're playing uh, up here representing the Wallabies. Um, you know, it's a, it's a whole new world up here, you know, Japan. And, and you know, you've, you've had the French experience, you've had the English, English experience. What about uh, who's been the, the, the most culturally inept player in the team so far? Like, who has just looked at the, the, the cuisine and gone, no chance? 
so you're asking me to throw one of the boys a hundred percent a hundred percent look the um there's Karaje chicken here Yes. Which is pretty much KFC. Yes. And the Fijian boys dig straight into that stuff. <laughs> they ain't going anywhere near this raw fish. <laughs> those, those boys. So, yeah, yeah, yeah Tavita, Marika, Issy, they're, uh, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're sticking to what they know, and that's rice and chicken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're asking those boys to use some chopsticks, and they're sticking the hand up straight for a fork, love. Straight Thank into it. Much. Yeah. Straight into it. What, what about what about who's embraced it the most? Who, who's uh, enjoyed the experience? Because there's a couple of boys who have played up here as well. Yeah, I was going to say probably Samu Karevi, which is a Fijian, but on the other side. Yeah. Um, but I think that's because he signed a big deal and on his way up here. <laughs> he's he's got he's, <laughs> one foot in the camp already. Yeah. So he's uh, he's he's maybe pretending, but yeah, you know, he's doing his best with with learning a bit of the language and. Uh, you know, giving it a crack and trying to get us all on board there. Have you been out? Have you been out and about doing the sights? I know we're, we're here at the Disneyland Hotel here in Tokyo Bay, but have you been out to you know, sort of, you know, inside the city, Shibuya, doing the crossing and all that kind of stuff? I haven't. A few boys went in um, on Sunday, but um, yeah, I, I haven't yet. I, I might wander in maybe Thursday Arvo or something like that just to have a look. But um, yeah, there's a, there's a fair bit going on here, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's hectic. But, um, but yeah, we're out in Disney, Disneyland here, and I consider myself a bit of a big kid, so I've, I've ventured into there. Oh, you've done it? Yeah, I went in and had a look at Disneyland, yeah. Why not? How'd you it's go? It's not just for little kids, is oh, it? No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> oh, you use the excuse. I've got a kid now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but, is it good? Yeah, it's good fun. Oh, it's massive. It, it was happened to be a public holiday on Monday, so yes. um, there was plenty of people there. But yeah, yeah got around. Good stuff. A couple of rides. Favourite ride? Um, oh, I don't even know what it was called. It was kind of like a roller coaster. Well, Dead Set lined up three hours for it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Good patience. Yeah. Well yeah, done. But they got signs along there tell you how long you're lining up for it. Oh, is that That's right? Yeah. No, no special treatment? You didn't, you didn't wear your Wallabies kit? No, no, no. That's what you should have done. That would have been yeah, rugby. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go. If I'm wearing Wallabies kit around Disneyland, they're thinking I'm just a mad fanatic. <laughs> they don't believe <laughs> this little bloke is a rugby player. <laughs> You know? <laughs> the world's greatest yeah. tourist. I, I play rugby. No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Look, look, look at look at the look program. At um, let me take you back to uh, to 2013. You made your debut against Argentina. Uh, what was the feeling like then for for you to step into the, I suppose the pinnacle of, of what is Australian rugby and, and to wear that gold jersey? Oh, geez, going back to that. Um, yeah, unreal. Like, I feel like. A lot of my career has been like, like almost surprise for me, like shock. I've kind of, I've surprised myself. Like even to just go down to Canberra straight out of school, I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm here. Mm. And you know, there's been a lot of moments where I pinch myself, and that was one of them. You know, get, having the ability to play for Australia, um, yeah, I certainly never thought I'd, I'd do that. And um, yeah, it was it was pretty special and I guess daunting at the same time. But did you enjoy it? Yeah, loved it, mate. Like, yeah, like I've got so so much of my family that I'm I'm just so proud of to be able to say, yeah, yeah, I've played for Australia. You know, like when I go back up to Scone, you know, see my pop up there, and uh, you know, he's so so proud. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty special. Um, you know, it, it it I don't know. Maybe it shouldn't it shouldn't define who you are, but it, it's such a huge part of me, and rugby's such a big part of my life, and mm-hmm. you know it. My wife would tell you that, that I just live, breathe and eat rugby. It's, it's who I am and, and to be able to uh, play for Australia was just everything. And mm. yeah, I love it. Like I said to you before we started here, mate, I could talk rugby for hours. Mm. And, and I do with my, you know, with a lot of people I know. I just, I love it. 
and uh, yeah, so. Mate, you wait, I, till it's, you wait till it's 20 years on <laughs> and, and you know, people are talking to you about those moments and I was there when, you know, so uh, you've got a lot to, uh, to, to live for and still to, to play as well. 2015, uh, uh, against the ABs, you kick that goal, you score the try. Uh, I mean, it's a great moment to, to contribute. I, I think that, that was the word that I always used about contributing in a team. But, you know, you, when, you, when you pile on the points and, and, you, and you make a, uh, a, I suppose, a hero of yourself in that game, that's one for the highlight books. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. That one meant a lot for, for a few reasons. Obviously, it was the timing of it, just to beat the All Blacks uh, in Sydney, everything. But the, the, the couple of years I'd had before that against the All Blacks kind of you know, had been hurting me and it was um, yeah it was just it was hurting me mm-hmm. um, I uh, you know, kind of had a had a draw in Sydney uh, two years before that yeah um, we went over there and, and copped a um, bit of a hiding and then went well in the third game and then the year later I was up in Brisbane and I kind of didn't close out the game the way I'd like to and and copped a fair bit of flack for that one and, and you know, and certainly so, you live and die by the sword. Mm. Um, and that, that kind of was burning me for about 12 months. So then, you know, I got that opportunity and, mate, I wasn't letting that one slip. So, yeah, it, it meant, more, you know, some people watch the game, oh, how good, but that one was a couple of years in the making and, um, you know, a few people who knew me knew that, yeah. What it, it meant. Was, yeah, it was like yeah, a bit of, bit of kind of redemption there yeah yeah, for, yeah. Um, in the build-up so but um yeah I can still remember that one and also kind of Perth this year where um they're both like they're both great wins and mm. and play well but I can still remember both of them going like nah, we've got to go across mm. the ditch now mm. and um obviously both times we've gone over and come up short so that's still that's still kind of right there like that's that's the next goal is yeah like um can kind of feel that every, you know we get those results against the All Blacks at home, and everyone kind of wants to go yay, but I kind of sit there and go don't, please yeah, don't. It's yeah. only half a job, and you know they're holding the letters though, so it's not even half a job because if we go over in there and get a result, it's still one a piece and they keep it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I kind of feel like that's just a that's just a benchmark. We we win at home and now we've got to go over and do it again. So I haven't really celebrated those ones like I probably. A lot of other people, but yes. um, yeah, it's still a few years to go. So, what about that 2015? You you, know, you have that great game, uh, as you just mentioned. Then there was something about it. You don't get selected to go to England. Were you just gutted? Yeah, um, yeah. I to be it's, yeah. To be honest, I didn't see it kind of coming. Um, I kind of thought that they'd take three nines anyway. Mm. So getting the call from check kind of shocked me a little bit at the time. Um, and you know, I yeah, it was um, that one hurt for a long, long time. And uh, yeah, was that the catalyst to then go overseas? Uh, to no, sort of so say I'd, goodbye. I I decided to go like twelve months before that. I'd come out before the Super Rugby season and said that you know this would be it. Um, you know, I'd kind of had communications with Australian Rugby and the, the direction they were going, um, and that that I kind of wasn't in the plans at that point. And so I decided that I'd, I'd head overseas. Probably, I've been pretty vocal about it. Probably a decision I'd, I'd, I'd came to regret over mm-hmm. the next couple of years. Um, yeah, but I made I made it, and I still had good times over there. Met some mm-hmm. great people, but um, I didn't enjoy my rugby for the first couple of years. And then, um, 
made a decision to, to look elsewhere and go to a club that I knew I'd become a better player at, and that was Exeter. Mm. And it was probably after my first year at Exeter um, that I kind of, you know, I played well. We went to a final and lost, and I said to my wife coming back um, from Australia, I'd just be on a holiday, and I was asked a couple of questions back here, where I come back? And I said to her, finally, after three years of being away, was at ease with just never playing for Australia again. I okay. said, oh, finally, it had been burning me for three years. I found it really hard to watch test matches. Um, you know, it, it upset me a lot the way I finished and mm. not going to World Cup. And I was like, you know, it's okay now. I can finally watch the boys. And you just be like, you know what? I can just watch it for like as a supporter and not being one of you top thing and, and wishing I was there and that sort of stuff. And it was about a month after that, I got a call and said, do you want to come back? And I was yeah, like, right. it's funny how life works like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, you know, I, I couldn't have jumped at it quick enough. Did it make you a better player when you, when you found your space? So Montpellier was uh, not working for you, you went to Exeter. Did you find you, you've come back a better player since having that time overseas? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, especially at Exeter. Um, I think a lot of credit to their coaches. I think that just, um, you know, Ricky Pellows, their kind of scrum half coach over there, and Ali Heifer, the, the um, head coach, does the attack. And they've kind of really, I, I, after the years I, I had in France, I was kind of, I'd say, plateauing going backwards, if anything. It yeah. just didn't suit me the style. You know, the, the top 14 is very slow, and I like to play an up tempo game. I like mm. to, you know, I want to, I want to quick, you know, I'm stop or go in life. So, you know, I'm on the field, I want to go, go, go. So, you know, I went to Exeter, and everything about them was, Let's, let's go quick. And I was like, okay. And then um, they played a very different style to the way I, I played at Canberra. And, um, you know, for I kind of felt like I was going back to, you know, the start of my career where I was, I, you know, found myself just sitting and listening and, and had to learn everything. And it was great. Mm. Um, I felt like I'd, I'd learned a lot, you know, a completely different style. And uh, they challenged me on a lot of things, uh, you know, in the way I do things. And, made me rethink everything and yeah I kind of yeah I feel like that really helped and I, I see the game differently now and I feel like I'm, I'm far more balanced in, in my approach to the game and yeah I, I, yeah maybe it was just kind of stars aligning going there but um you need that sometimes yeah yep you need that sometimes you need Definitely. that that um you're right stars aligning so how how different was it when you when you first played for the Wallabies, when you came back, was it was it chalk and cheese, as in just the the culture and the, the way you're playing, or is it you, did you fit seamlessly back into this sort of 2019 crew? Um, I do feel like the it's really hard. Like I was, I think just being young when I first started, I think it'd be unfair to say that the group's heaps better than back then. Mm. So I think it was, it was it was probably a really good group. I just don't think I had the confidence to um, to be myself. Back in 2013, 14, 15, I don't think I had the confidence within my own, my own game, my own skill, the way I wanted to play. And I didn't, you know, I, I kind of felt that I came in and everyone just expected me. And it was kind of the way we were playing in Canberra. And when I came in was, oh, he'll be the kicking nine and he'll yeah. kick us out of trouble. And I felt like I had to be that guy. And I came on, you know, I played my, when well, I got my first start was Perth against Argentina. It was pouring down rain and I mm. didn't kick a lot and got man of the match and like I kicked it about 30 times but it was that was those conditions that was a 14-13 game was yeah, it was a like close a, one yeah. yeah it was and it was yeah, windy and wet and miserable yeah. conditions and um, but it, it 
kind of called for that sort of game. Yeah. But then when it was dry, I think guys also expected me to be that guy and I wanted to be, no, no, I've got more to my game here. Mm. I can also, you know, I'm able to run, I'm able to, mm. to, to play, like get the ball and, you know, I feel like I've got a good pass as well. And I felt like, yeah, I, I, I wasn't allowed to, to maybe express myself that way. And everyone was expecting me to be this, like, oh, you know, what they do in camera is just the body box kicks it. So I just, when he's on and get in, everyone just expected me, mate, you just kick it for us, would you? Yeah, right. And just get us upfield. And, you know, coming back now, I, I came back and I think the first thing I said to check was, mate, I'm fucking binning off this kicking kind of, you know, like people just thinking of me as this guy's going kick it. I'm, mm. It's not me. Mm. Like, I don't know if you've watched me on Exo, but I want to run now. Like, yeah. I want to run. Like, that's who I am. Like, I, I want to, I'm, Ball in play, I want high phase count, I want to get the ball in my hands and I want to get heaps of touches and I want yeah. to have a crack. And if it calls for space to kick and you need me to kick, I can do it. But I'm not, you know, we're not having a game plan around me kicking, which is the way it was. And, you know, and I, I feel like, you know, I didn't have the confidence to, to say that then and now I do. Mm. But also, I, I also do think that, and maybe it's just age and I'm enjoying a bit more better, but this group's awesome, like... <laughs> yeah, we just um, kind of felt like, and I don't know, maybe you can talk about it back in the day with the whole rivalries. But I was in Canberra, and when I went into camp, it was like the Waratahs. You know, we don't, you know, we'll, we'll play with them, but we don't like them. Yeah, and the Reds boys. You know, like we'll, you know, uh, you know, we had a bit of a rivalry for a couple of years with them because they were good and we wanted to be good. Yeah, you know, like you know, well, they had their way, their way of playing, and we had our way of playing, and theirs was. Willie and Quaid throw it around now was very kind of conservative and we just clashed and mm. you know um, you know, if I was in there I wouldn't do it one way and whereas now it's just feels like it's just 31 best mates all blokes talking like I feel like after a, a game in Super Rugby we'll, we will go and um, you know be able to, to talk to one another in the sheds and, mm. and be mates and not have that kind of weird angst and um, you know everyone is talking about what works in their provinces, but we're all buying in the same way. Like me and Willie want to do it the same way, and mm. I think what Czech's done really well over the last few years is every, all the Australian teams are kind of sharing their IP, and everyone's kind of starting to collaborate, and it's it's only working for Australian rugby. So, yeah, I do feel like the group is a little bit different, but I don't know, maybe I've grown up. Yeah, <laughs> you mate, you do that sometimes. Yeah. You do that sometimes. Uh, what about then? So looking into this week, weekend, you're up against Wales. Uh, they they've reached number one in the world for I think it was a week or something like that thereabouts. But they hey they can they can take that mantle. Uh, they're Six Nations champions. What can we expect from from you guys for this weekend? Because it's I imagine that the analysis would have been you know been thereabouts done complete and, and ready to go. What can we expect for a, a game against Wales? Um, yeah, look, they're 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 going to be a tough tough mob to crack. Um, you know, defensively they they put 14 in the line and have have one back. So mm. uh, we're going to have to be patient. Um, probably something we weren't uh, very good at against Fiji. You know, we, we were pretty impatient. We wanted to um, kind of win the World Cup in the first five minutes of the first game. <laughs> That's all right. Um, and yeah, it was kind of helter skelter and um, probably learnt that we need to build into the game a little bit better. Um, so yeah, that, that's probably going to take a little bit more of a can conservative game but um, you know like there there may be a little bit more kind of kick tennis going on in terms of fighting fighting for that territory to to then bring you know 
our set piece into the game, which mm. I saw on the weekend, is pretty awesome. Mm. Um, so we may have to be a little bit more patient around that, just because they're going to be tough to, to crack with having 14 in the line. And then, yeah, when we're in a good position and, and we feel like yeah, we've, we have finally won that territory battle, yeah, we might have to hold on to the ball for a bloody long time to crack them. Mm. You know, so just being patient there and you know, uh, kind of... Get the points when they're on. Yeah, when, when we get down there, just being pretty clinical with it, you know, being patient, and then when the chance comes, we're going to have to be good enough to take it because, as we know, with like teams that, for the Northern Hemisphere, the really good ones and the ones that win the Six Nations, you know, they're not going to give you a huge amount of opportunity. So, no. you know, we're going to have to be um, you know, ready to, to take them when they come, few and far between, and um, just just hang in there. She's going to be a bit of a, yeah, a real grind. Yeah. Uh, have you done the jigsaw puzzle, uh, looking at the, the, the pool matches and sort of worked it all out and sort of who's going to play who in the semis, the quarters, and or quarters, semis, and then into the final? Have you had a, a, a look ahead? I have, and I said to Hoops the other day on the bus, I said, mate, I wouldn't have a clue. Like, <laughs> Just and, turn up and play. Yeah, and he said, oh, he said, look, quarters will probably come up against the... Where, well, he told me that we align with the England pool. Yes. So that's good to know. Yes. And I was like, all right, and then who we meet? kind of depends on this game now so just so, play whatever's in front of you yeah. win the games yeah I figured I, I said you know so I figured we just got to keep winning don't we so he said yep it's a pretty simple concept <laughs> yeah I said like, oh, well, who's next week <laughs> happens to be Wales lovely we'll beat them move on to the next one outstanding that's, yeah that's the way to do it and that's the full time whistle Whitey thank you so much for your time mate Thanks, uh, good luck Legend. against Wales uh, on the weekend coming up and for the rest of the tournament, mate, smash it. Go well. Thank you very much. Outstanding, buddy. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Brilliant. Make sure you subscribe to Talking Rugby because as the tournament heats up, we're going to have more special guests from the Wallabies to give us the insight on what's happening here in Japan. You've been listening to Talking Rugby with me, Matt Burke.